Welcome to the Mask of Moms podcast, a Disney planning podcast where we enjoy quick conversations and cocktails with a Disney twist. We are your hosts, Jennifer, that's me, and Juliana. Hello. Park hopping without restrictions has been back for a couple weeks now, and we're so excited. So today we're going to talk about all the ways you can really enjoy park hopping at Walt Disney World now that hoppers finally don't have to wait until 2 p.m. But we certainly can't do any hopping without our mask of cocktail. All right. So today's mask of cocktail, in order to get us pumped up to hop, is the Wake Up Call from Wine Bar George. I absolutely love this cocktail. And I know that we've talked about it before because um, I think it was in our Mask of Moms Try New Things episode when we went to Wine Bar George for brunch on our last trip. Um, it's delicious. It's espresso infused pisco and then espresso liqueur. And that is it. And it's served in a little coupe, like a champagne coupe or a martini coupe. It is so yummy. It's not very sweet. It's not very bitter. It's just perfect. <laughs> it's just it really perfect. is. I usually say no to an espresso martini. I'm like notorious for that. I had a bad experience once, but I I had at least one of these. Yeah. No, we we had one and then we got one to go. They're they're just uh, I don't know. It's just like a really rich coffee with a little hint of different flavor it's so it's so good it's good so good it's so that appropriate one or two of those drink also to get you hopping exactly one or two of those and you are good to go to hop all right so let's talk about park hopping yes yay all right so before we get into what we're so excited about um like I wanted to talk about who park hopping is for because I used to I used to not be a fan of park hopping at all but um I've, I've totally changed my tune but I still don't think it's right for everyone I don't like to send first time guests with park hoppers um I think it's always better to do a longer trip and take your time um I don't like I especially don't like to send people with young young children with park hoppers um except for very specific instances um, I just feel like that creates pressure for people and people in those situations are more likely to have the mindset of, I have to fit it all in. And that I don't think is what park hoppers are for. I think when you use park hoppers, right, it's actually more relaxing than. I agree. I think also, you know, you hear a lot of people getting back from their first Disney trips and they're like, oh, I need a vacation from my vacation. And I think that's one of the things that park hopping can do if used incorrectly. Exactly. Exactly. But there are great ways to do park hopping. And I think that the first thing that you have to know is that you have to have a laid back mindset. And it is a little tricky because some things need pre-planning and stuff like that. But, but 
but your mindset can't be I'm park hopping today to fit it all in. Your mindset is I'm park hopping today to do a whole bunch of different things in one day. I think it's great too, because a lot of times you just get really drained being in one park all day, you know, it just sort of, and so sometimes just hopping gives you that little change of scenery that sort of perks you back up again anyway. I think also in this day and age when there's, Disney has gotten rid of the ability to be spontaneous on your vacation. I think park hopping, especially now that you can park hop at, at any hour, it adds more of that spontaneity back into your vacation. Exactly. That was planned in the morning. And if you get there and the crowds are too much or you just aren't feeling it, you can change your plan and it's easy. Totally pivot. So that's right. So to refresh everyone's memories, um, uh, since I think January 9th at Walt Disney World, you don't have to wait until 2 p.m. to visit a second park. So that means if you have purchased a park hopper ticket, you can visit any park at any time um, each day of your visit. So, and we think it's awesome. And as Jen just explained, we think it offers a bit of spontaneity back into your day, um, which we really like. We think it's awesome for a lot of reasons. Um, and there are a lot of reasons. So, um, some of them, you know, you can choose to strategize. So let's talk about like how you would strategize now using your, your park hopper. I think that, you know, in some cases you could, you know, try to go and hit, you know, first of all, we always recommend staying deluxe for park hopping because we want you to take advantage of those early, that early half an hour. Actually, that's for everyone, right? The deluxe is only the evening. I'm sorry. I misspoke. Yeah. Staying on property. We're assuming everyone is staying on property and getting that extra half an hour. It is really important. Um, I know that park hopping can offer you some spontaneity and being able to sleep in a little bit. But remember, you still have to do if you want those 7 a.m. lightning lanes and stuff like that. I want to talk about how it affects those now, too, in a minute. But um, but anyway, you could just like hit, say, Hollywood Studios, which is just sort of notoriously busy for or notorious for busy headliner attractions. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, I always struggle with that park. I admit it. I mean, I just have not found a wonderful way to do it. And I usually want to leave by 10. <laughs> so. Well, back to your point of staying at deluxe resorts, that is important because of those extra evening hours. Only deluxe yeah. resort guests can get those. So if you really want to maximize your park hopping, then you're going to stay deluxe. But to add on to that even more, um, park hopping is why I love to stay in the boardwalk area resorts. And now that we can park hop at any hour of the day, like pre-COVID, my favorite thing to do was to get up in the morning, walk over to Epcot, grab some breakfast for the family from France, <laughs> come mm -hmm. back to the to the the resort while the kids are still getting ready to start their day. And, and there you go. I have delicious breakfast. I didn't have to listen to them fighting about getting dressed and who gets to shower first. And then I and then you can walk over to Hollywood studios. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Well, so when you, but then you have to think about virtual queues and stuff like that. So, well, first one of the ones I want, you know, let's talk about which parks are easiest to hop between. It's like you said, Epcot and Hollywood Studios make sense because you can you can walk between them if you wanted to. Um, Epcot and Magic Kingdom make sense because um, they're close to each other. I'm but yeah, so so you know, think about your favorite parts. There's just all kinds of ways that that this can help you. I like the idea. Uh, 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. We also, we talk so much about how Animal Kingdom is such an underrated park, but even though we love it so much, even we have to admit it's not a sun up to sundown kind of park. There's a limited amount of things you can do. And so now with being able to park hop earlier, you really could go just for your morning when the animals are most active, do your things, get it all in and then leave. Like we always had to stay until after lunch and then kill some time and then get to the next place by two. So now it's so much easier to, to park hop that one as well, which isn't always easy because it's far. It's perfect because, because you know, you know how I like to rope drop. So you rope drop, you do your thing. And then 11 o'clock you go chill out in the uh, no man lounge, which we love. And then you don't have to wait until two to go do the next thing, which is nice. I just, I'm really, really excited about it. But let's talk then about how it affects virtual queues and lightning lanes. Like let's say I want to hop between Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Um, I can scan into Magic Kingdom in the morning. Right. I get my 7 a.m. virtual queue for Tron. Right. Hopefully it's early. Right. I scan in and then I can leave that park. And go to Epcot. At any time. Go to Epcot and scan in. Super easily because it's right on the monorail. And now I can get the 1 p.m. virtual queue for Guardians because I've scanned into Epcot. And do, and get those two main attractions without spending additional money for Lightning Lanes. You're In long day. You're smart. You're brilliant. Enough said. Okay, this podcast is over. <laughs> but it can get tricky. Here's a funny. Here's a here's a thing to consider though. So what if I get my virtual queue, but it's at like 1:30? No, or 12.30. Then this plan does not work. Because I'd have to scan back into Magic Kingdom, which would probably negate my having scanned into Epcot. Well, I just don't think that you can get over to Epcot by one to scan into Epcot to get your virtual queue for Guardians and then get back on the monorail to get back to Magic Kingdom in that one hour slot that you have. Yeah. Cause remember you can't, you can't Uber to magic kingdom. Doesn't help you. I wonder Maybe your better strategy then would be to do it in reverse. Start at Epcot, get your guardians and then try the one o'clock for Tron. That's true. Oh, yeah, and then it, no, wait, You're right. No, I was right the first time. No, I think you go to guardians first. Guardians, I never have an issue getting a virtual queue, and I always get it for earlier in the day if that's what I want, and I scan right away. You're more likely that it'll be at a better time, you mean? Yes. And I then see. I can always, if it's if my goal is just to ride those attractions and that's it, then I can always head back to Epcot for the food and wine and stuff after Tron, after I ride Tron in the afternoon. Exactly. I think that's the thing about park hopping too, is that it gives you the ability to just be like, I just kind of want to hit these highlights. I think that's why it helps you with the mindset of just like not squeezing it all in, but just picking your favorite stuff and then enjoying the rest. Or if you don't get a virtual queue on one day, it doesn't really matter because you can try the next day because you can hop and you can squeeze it in whenever. 
Well, that's just it too, right? So like, let's say, cause let's also remind everybody that this whole thing coincided with their removing the need for park pass reservations for exactly. dated tickets. So now you can decide, you know, of course you still have to plan around your advanced dining reservations and all that. But let's say I decided one day to start at Hollywood Studios during early hours to knock all those things out. I didn't get as much done as I wanted to. I can do it again the next day. Yeah, and and, yeah. And in terms of advanced dining reservations, park hopping kind of fixes that solution, is a solution to that also, because especially those hard to get places like Space 220 or you know Cinderella's Royal Table for the exact time you want it, you have multiple days to look and you can try lunch now for 12 o'clock if you plan on going right. up that first right. because you don't have to wait to hop. It just makes, right. but being spontaneous, it makes being spontaneous a whole lot easier, which is really nice, especially on vacation. That's what you want. You want, you don't want pressure. And especially with the two hour cancellation window for for dining too, because you can just look on the app at, you know, 10 in the morning if you're starting to get hungry and see if there's anything that opens up for noon. And there will be. Yeah. I want to talk to people who have, because um, we haven't been there since January 9th. So I don't know how the virtual queue is being affected and how dining, like, if you've been there since January 9th, we want to hear from you. So let us know because. I'm curious. I always like to strategize, but it's hard to do that when you haven't been there for a bit. Not that we haven't been there for a bit. We were there in November, but you but know what? I mean. For us, it's a while. And now a word from our sponsors. Mouse Kamams are avid travel enthusiasts and our podcast is sponsored by Kingdom and Cruise Travel. If you are interested in booking a vacation to Disney or any other worldwide destination, be sure to check out the website, kingdomandcruise.com and their Facebook page, Kingdom and Cruise Travel. But I do think, I think that, you know, it's important to think strategy, like less you want, yes, you want to be able to be spontaneous, but it's also important to think strategy when you're park hopping now. Um, and I think the best way to start in terms of strategy is to think about what your favorite park is. Now, remember, I'm, you know what your favorite park is, because again, I'm not recommending park hopping for first time visitors. So think about, these are people who know what they want to see, what they want to do. Um, so I think you got to consider what your favorite park is or what you feel like. Again, for me, it's not my favorite park, but it would still be Hollywood Studios would be my early morning focus because I know that that park has so much to offer, <laughs> but I can't stand it come 11 a.m. Well, but and here's my here's my thinking, because it's not always about strategy. It's about where you want to spend your most time also. Yeah. And so for me, I'm taking my family in May. We're just going for a long weekend, which we never do. So we're only going to have two park days. So we need to narrow things down or get a park hopper. And I was thinking we were just going to just hit two parks. But now that we're talking, I think I'm going to get everybody park hopper tickets. We're going with a family who have never been before and they have young kids and they want to spend the day. <laughs> you just hit my two things, never to get park hoppers, but they'll have you as a guide. Which no, be but no, I think they should get base tickets. But my oh, family yeah. who goes all the time, we don't love the Magic Kingdom. Like mm -hmm. we'll want to go, the kids will want to go to do Tron and Space Mountain and mm -hmm. they'll be ready to leave by lunch. Exactly. So we our friends to finish 
the Magic Kingdom because they've never been there. And we can go over to Hollywood Studios, which we hadn't planned to go to on this trip because we were trying to accommodate our friends who have never been there. But now, psh, who cares? We can, we can hop. We can do all four of them. We, can, we don't need to make a plan, too, which is really nice. Um, it is. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I, I now that, the more we talk about this, the more I'm like, gosh, this is like the biggest news. I'm so excited about it. The other thing um, that I love about this is it's huge during party season, right? Because like, mm -hmm. I always recommend to people go to Magic Kingdom on a party day, even at Christmas, mm -hmm. busiest time of year. If you go on a party day, that park won't be crowded until about 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. and, and then at 4 p.m. it gets really crowded because you have all the party guests and all the day guests. But people avoid the park on those days, um, and so it becomes less crowded. And now that you don't have to wait until 2 o'clock to get out of there... We just, I just, I love it. You can go in the morning. You could probably knock a ton of stuff out, walk over to, you know, go to Magic Kingdom, knock out all those headliners, walk over to Steakhouse 71 for lunch, and then make your way. Well, see, then I wouldn't make my way to Epcot because I'd be full. So, <laughs> you know, what, though? I feel like a lot of people who um, get park hoppers do that period even before you could hop before two o'clock yes. on a party day they'll go to magic kingdom they'll get their right at rope drop they'll knock everything out by two and then you know and then they'll leave but what about this strategy what about going to a different park first Ooh. and then trying to get over to the magic kingdom by noon when people are starting to leave because they were there since rope drop and there's a party that night. So they weren't planning on staying anyway. So then just stay from noon to four? Just stay noon to four and hit the big ticket ones without much of a wait at all. Almost like you're going to the party and not having to wait on lines because nobody's there. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Interesting. We should That's have too. It could be a lot though, because you still have to get out of there by seven and you want to get out of there by four because it's going to get crowded. Yeah. But if you're going, I mean, we're not recommending that you go as a first timer and you're not recommending that you go with little kids. So I could do that. Yeah. With so you, don't have to, yeah you can totally you can do it and, and do like a 12 to four or five, just run there, go to Tron, go to, and then if I'm running over there by 12 and yeah. I can get a one o'clock, virtual queue right, again depending on and depending on when you get your lightning lanes and your virtual cues and stuff like that and what you try for in the morning but yeah. but you do have to have a plan in the morning at seven because you're if you're going to try for lightning lanes and virtual cues you do have to think a little bit about that yes i also think that it's a great excuse um to to go to Epcot every single day to have that park <laughs> offer. Cause I know, I know we love that. And I always tell people, well, you know, when you could only hop after two o'clock, it didn't make as much sense. But now if you can go at noon and have lunch there, it's much easier to get a lunch reservation at Epcot than it is to get a dinner reservation. I don't know. It opens up so many new things and exciting things. I I'm eager to try it again. Brings it back to pre-COVID too, which gotta love that. It's 
So I have a question about um, uh, the late night hours for deluxe. If you don't have park hoppers, you have to be there all day. day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter if you can park at, you know, 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. at that point. Well, it does matter. You know what I'm saying? But yes. um, but that's interesting to know. And again, it gives you more flexibility, too. You can visit two parks and, you, you know, visit four. Third. yeah, you, you can visit, visit four parks. It's not relaxing, no matter what. <laughs> it depends. It depends on the time of year. I don't know. I there could be there could be a, an, a, I don't know. You could do it. There could be a reason. Well, we and we have a whole other podcast about that too. So we'll link that to that one, and then the, the other one I referenced earlier. We can link to in our in our. Are you going to remember to do that? Well, I know you. I just had it here, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's been recorded, so someone's going to have to do it. Well, I I vote that that someone is you. Thanks so much for volunteering. Yeah. yeah. Um. What else we got? I think that's it. I think that's really it. I mean, we're just obviously really excited about it. We feel like it opens up a lot of options, and we feel like it offers the opportunity for spontaneity. I think it can be overwhelming. I think that you know it opens up options for people. But again, like I said, it, and, and I, I really mean it, I do not recommend this for, for newbies. Um, of course we can always make it happen. It's just not ideal in my opinion, but when, when it does happen, obviously with a great plan, you'll be fine. Well, um, and that's the most important thing. So even though it opens up the doors for spontaneity, I think to do park hopping, right you need to have some sort of a plan. And that's kind of where our mouse tip comes in. It does bring us to the mouse tip. So when you are thinking about your, your plan and, and making your, your itinerary, make sure you consider your roots when park hopping. Park to park bus transportation doesn't start until 10, but we recommend using non-bus transportation almost always. So for example, the Skyliner, the Friendship Boats, those can easily take you between Epcot and Hollywood Studios, as can your feet because it's all walkable. And then of course the monorail, as we were talking before, can get you from Epcot to the Magic Kingdom. So consider those because the buses will kind of limit what you can do if you want to get out of one park and go to the next one before 10 a.m. So have a plan, make sure you know you don't want to get to the park with a plan that you haven't researched and then realize that the buses don't start running until 10 and you have to pivot. So and, Right, and even even if the buses do start running at 10, they're not going to be like sitting outside of every park waiting to load. No, they're not as consistent as the park to resort buses. Right, and remember also you can't Uber to Magic Kingdom. Correct. All right, Mouska friends, there you have it. All the reasons that we are so thrilled that park hopping is really back this time at Walt Disney World. What do you think? How would you take advantage of your park hopper ticket? Tell us about it. And just a quick reminder to check out our Facebook group, Mouska Moms Podcast, to dive deeper into this and all things Disney and Disney planning. Be sure to follow our show so you receive notifications when new content is released and you will never miss an episode. And write us a review. We really appreciate it. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. Am I?
soon. K-E-Y. Why? Because we like you.